0: Welcome to The Definitive Wrap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag. We love our country.
1: And we believe in America. The Definitive Wrap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now, your host, Bela Siebra on The Definitive Wrap.
0: Hello. And welcome to The Definitive Wrap. I am Bayla Zebra. Thank you to Five Towns Central for sponsoring this show. On the happiest day of the year, as Jews all over were celebrating the holiday of Simcha's Torah, Hamas militants launched a surprise deadly attack by storming into Israel, killing over 1,400 people, babies, children, men, and women in the most horrific, barbaric, torturous way. Capturing what is believed to be two hundred and three hostages that included babies, children, men, and women, there is not a normal human being that hasn't been heartbroken by this attack, and thus Israel is now in the middle of a war. There is so much going on, and we will hear from the definitive raps Israel correspondent Barry Shaw. Barry is Israel's International Public Diplomacy Director at the Israel Institute for Strategic Studies. He regularly contributes to various media outlets, including the Jerusalem Post, and is a frequent speaker at conferences and pro-Israel advocacy events. Barry Shaw has been a staunch defender of Israel in the public diplomacy arena for decades, and he has initiated the creation of several pro-Israel grassroots groups. He has a keen following of tens of thousands of people globally and is the author of Israel Reclaiming the Narrative Fighting Hamas, BDS, and Anti-Semitism. And his most recent book, BDS for Idiots, employs ridicule as a new method of countering BDS activists and disclaiming their slander against Israel with facts and humor. As always, Barry gives a full account of details not heard anywhere else. Mainstream media does not cover everything, and Barry always fascinates our viewers and listeners with facts not heard anywhere else. Barry, welcome back again to the Definitive Wrap all the way from Israel.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a very important time, and uh, I'm I'm happy you're allowing me on to give a voice from Israel.
0: Barry, it's mind-boggling to see who Hamas sympathizers are in the United States. Can we talk a little bit about that?
1: <clears throat> this is something I warned about some time ago. I think on an earlier show, maybe it was a year ago, we were touching on this. And I said, what's happening, I think, with certain Jews in America, they have been led into a dark and dangerous place. I think this last week, you have seen the place they've gone. Yes. For us over here, to see Jews in Congress, breaking into Congress, I would have thought they were there. When I saw it, I thought they were there in in order to display support for Israel, support for the Jews, and be there and maybe make a Kaddish, a public Kaddish for the 1,500 dead Jews, the dead Israelis. Instead, they were supporting Hamas. They were supporting Hamas because of the acute signs of ceasefire, what that told us in Israel, that these Jews in America were saying, we're silent about the murder of 1,500 deaths, but don't you Israelis dare go after Hamas. We want to ceasefire now, so you cannot kill the people that committed a pogrom, a massacre, a genocide against Jews in Israel. These people are called Ginos, Jews in name only. I don't know. I know they're probably miseducated in the isn't it, industry of lies on American campuses and everything. I don't know where their parents came from, but they are so misguided. There is no hope for them. The only things I could compare them with, with some of the capos during the Holocaust who helped and assisted the Nazis a snitch on the Jews. I have no more uh, words for them. They're an absolute disgrace. And really, we shouldn't consider them Jews.
0: So, you think it's um, lack of education, misinformation?
1: <laughs> They've been educated. They've been educated. So, then, in so then why? Universities.
0: I mean, I, is- we have a lot of whys. During tragedies, we always have a lot of whys. But why?
1: <laughs> because your campuses have been taken over by what we call the Red Green Alliance, which are the Marxist socialists on the one hand and the Islamists disguised as secular propagandists for the Palestinians and their curriculum is one after the other, anti-Semitism, Israel is wrong, Israel is guilty of all the crimes under the sun, Israel is uh, persecuting the poor Palestinians, Israel is occupying uh, illegally occupying Palestinian land, all the other lies that can be disputed, in fact answered honestly with the truth and the facts and the history and the law. But your people aren't getting that. Your kids are getting a one-sided education. And then they're also part of the propaganda campaign, the introduction campaign. They're taken out of campaigns. And what sort of cute campaign can they come on to support the poor Palestinians? And we saw that in your Congress. The last time your Congress had been invaded with people illegally, they ended up being called domestic terrorists, arrested. And a lot of them are even still sitting today in solitary confinement. I would suggest to your American government, your Democrat government, do the same for the Jews that illegally occupied the Senate to spread anti Semitism.
0: So, you wrote a book and, and you touched a little bit about this.
1: Oh, okay. Right. Well, look,
0: what I've been. You tell doing... us about the name. Tell us the name of the book, please. Okay. If you the want to show the... it to our audience. Fighting Hamas, yeah, BDS and anti Semitism, -Semitism, as I mentioned in my introduction of you. Yes. Right. Tell us a little bit about what you wrote with regards to the predictions of what's going on today.
1: Well, look, this came out because, quite frankly, I've listened to all the garbage that's going on from Rashida Taleb the people on the streets, right? Yeah. And I want to make a point before going from my book. Well, no, let's take the book first, right? I wrote in my book, the first chapter is called Fighting Hamas. This book was written seven years ago, right? The opening words of this book was for the purpose of this book, Hamas is a metaphor for all Palestinian terror and anti-Semitism. Right? Right. That's what I predicted at the time. Yes. So what happens now? People are saying you must differentiate between Hamas and the Palestinians. The poor Palestinians. Israel must be careful. Because we must, okay, maybe they'll allow us to kill the the Hamas, but not the poor Palestinians. Let me give you some truth. Hamas is Palestine. Palestine is Hamas. And the driving motive is Jew hatred. And as I mentioned, this is the opening thing of this. The Hamas Charter of 1988 opens with this. Israel will not exist. And will continue. To, uh, uh, sorry, let me start again. Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it has obliterated others before it. That is the crux of what's going on. It's nothing to do with the poor Palestinians and their land. And if only Israel would give them more land, you know, then they're, then they're going to make peace. Nobody on the Palestinian side has said, OK, these are our borders and we will make peace with you. So what did Israel do? Well, for instance, the Gaza Strip, which Rashida Tlaib is illegally occupied the uh, uh, Palestinian land. Illegally occupied by who? Hamas. Because Israel drew everybody out of, out of Gaza. It's Judenrein, as they wanted, right? Yes. There's no Jew there at all. So illegally occupied, maybe by Hamas. Because what happened is that Hamas went to war with the Palestinian Authority. But let me go back about their embrace of terrorism. And these are the simple facts. Let's go back and start with Yasser Arafat. Yasser Arafat was a terrorist. He was a terrorist before he was invited to sign on, on the White House lawn, the Oslo Accords, with a very reluctant rabbi, the Prime Minister of Israel. Oh, yeah. He was invited there and hugged by Bill Clinton, the president. And he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh... And he made a yes. speech saying, I'll give you the peace of the brave. I'm speaking to you as one of the co-founders of the Netanyahu Terror Victims Organization, because when he left Oslo and he left America and he came back here, we instrated him. He was in exile in Tunis. We allowed him back into to Ramallah. And he began... The, this is after receiving the... the The Nobel Prize Prize. He unveiled against this horrible, prolonged Intifada, which is a prolonged campaign of terror, suicide bombing, car bombings and everything. You can imagine the anti-Semitism because he picked, for instance, Passover into coming to my hometown of Natanya and blow people up with a suicide bomber as they were celebrating Passover. Which was the Jewish relief of, uh, of slavery in Egypt. They destroy the Jewish tombs. They set claim to the Jewish temples. They do everything in anti Semitism. If you're an Arab and you sell your land to a Jew, you'll be killed.
0: Uh-huh.
1: A future Palestinian state has to be Juden Rhine. Uh, all these things are strenched in terror and anti Semitism. Yasser Arafat was a terrorist, Mahmoud Abbas is a terrorist. He was educated in Moscow in Holocaust denial. Yes, He was one of the organisers of the Olympic massacre in which 11 Israeli sportsmen were murdered. Y- Yasser, uh, uh, Mahmoud Abbas had his hand in that. He said they're not a terrorist, but what does he do when he's teaching his kids, his children, to hate Jews when he's showing them maps of a Palestine from the river to the sea? when he is a rewarding Palestinians who kill Jews and kill Israelis with what we call what is called the pay-to-slay system, on money, by the way, that comes in from the United States. Uh, I'll let you into secret over here. Yes, 1,500 Jews were slaughtered by Hamas. Did you know that Mahmoud Abbas is obligated to pay the killers of 1,500 Jews money?
0: I did not know that. According to
1: the underground of the secret deal between the Palestinian Authority and Hamas. Your people don't know this, but this is what's going on today. Sorry, I'm just going to close my phone. Uh, sorry. These are facts your people should know about, but don't. It's, this is This is horrendous, but this is the truth. These are the hard facts. Yeah, Palestine. Palestine is Hamas. Hamas is Palestine, and their main thrust is Jew hatred. Kill the Jews from the river to the sea. When they That's have
0: the motivation, that, from the river yeah. to
1: the yeah. sea. How many Jews do you think they would allow in this Palestinian state? Yeah, this is what this is about. And what we saw in Israel on the seventh of October. Was something that was unimaginable in the long herald of Jewish history.
0: Nobody call... could, nobody could, could could fathom how that this that this even happened. That it could happen. It, it's the world, the world was speechless.
1: <laughs> so I
0: I I want to ask. It, it's an age old question. It's three words. This age old question. Why. Why did this happen now? Why 50 years after the bloody Yom Kippur War did this merciless attack happen in the first place, perpetuating the war that is going on now?
1: Because just like Arafat deceived us, so Hamas deceived us and the Palestinians deceived us. Uh, I'll, I'll make a double reference here just to prove the point. People don't know this, but when Yasser Arafat was brought back to exile and after he left the White House and he went to Egypt and then he went to South Africa and then he came into Israel. Um the giveaway was that when when he went to the mosque to address the crowds there, he was booed and jeered. And he told in Arabic, he told the people in the mosque, both in Cairo and also in Egypt, I think in South Africa with Johannesburg. He told him in Arabic, don't worry, this paper that I signed is nothing more than the Treaty of Hudabiyah. So the Muslims knew what he was talking about. Our naive world didn't know what he was doing. In fact, they didn't pay attention to it. What is the Treaty of Hudabiyah? The Treaty of Hudabiyah was the agreement signed by Muhammad, who went to war against the tribe of Quraysh that owned Mecca, that ruled Mecca because he wanted Mecca to be the central point of the birth of Islam. right? So he knew he wasn't strong enough. So he signed a peace agreement with the tribe of Hubadiya and said, okay, I'll keep with Medina. I won't touch Mecca. Fine. So what did the people of uh, Huba, uh, the tribe of Hubadiya they, they They said, okay, we've made peace with Muhammad. It's not going to do it. We'll go about making ourselves a prosperous people. We'll lower our guard. And what happened one day, Muhammad came back in a far greater force, found them unready, and slaughtered them. Yeah, that was what Arafat said to the Muslims. Don't worry about what I signed on the White House lawn. This is nothing but the Treaty of Hudabiyah which means when the time's right, I'm going to start slaying the Jews in yeah. Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv, in Hadera, in Haifa, in Natanya. That was part of it. What we saw this time was, again, the same sort of deception, also magnified by, quite frankly, some tremendous uh, intelligence failures on the Israeli part. But this is going to be examined after the event. But to have a pogrom, a genocide, here in the land of Israel, drenched with the blood of 1,500 dead Israelis, children, girls, women, grandparents, Holocaust survivors, is unforgivable, unforgivable. And for them, for people to say, you know, well, just agree a ceasefire. They won't hurt you anymore. This is a clinical moment. This is a moment between good and evil. What we saw here wasn't just an attack against Jews, but it's going to be attack against everybody. If Israel forms, the rest of the free world falls. And this is why I'm not exaggerating, because we are not only fighting a fight in Gaza against Hamas, which we must completely liquidate, but we're also fighting perhaps a war on our northern front against Hezbollah, which is another Iranian proxy. And it could spread to our eastern border against uh, also the Iranians and the uh, Hezbollah over in Syria waiting to come in. So we are at a critical moment and we cannot show any weakness. Now, what I want to say about, you know, Hamas is Palestine and Palestine is Hamas. You will be told once we go in that Israel has to be careful not to kill any poor, uh, innocent Palestinians. Again, what we see, what we have seen when we've gone into places like Tokaram and Janine or whatever, the locals who are not supposed to be either a Palestinian Authority PLO terrorist or Hamas, Also out in there, while the terrorists are hiding down or hunkered in their sort of fortresses, the the youth on the street are attacking the incoming forces with rocks, with sort of road barriers and with explosive devices and somehow with handguns as well. That's before we get to the terrorists with our special forces. They were there. They are there supporting the terrorists. This is what we expect in Gaza as well because they will be ones that will putting sort of booby traps on the way in, as we know, heading to where we know the Hamas terrorists are, are waiting for our forces. They're the ones that will be attacking the force with rocks and, and maybe explosive missiles as they're waking our way in. The Palestinian people will be aiding and abetting Hamas. They won't be standing aside cheering for the Israeli forces who are going to take the Hamas boot off their neck. They will be out in force as much as possible, supporting Hamas rather than waving us in with 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 waves, flags of Israeli flags, because we're coming to r- relieve them of the evil Hamas. They will be supporting with them all the time. So this lie you're going to hear about we shouldn't hit the Palestinians, we don't hurt the Palestinians. Israeli army is the most humane army in the world even superior to the British Army and the American Army. And this has been said, for instance, by Colonel Richard Kemp, who was a commander of the British forces, and some of the commanders of the American forces as well. We're going to risk our boys' lives in oh. order to put an end and put an end to this evil. It is a battle of evil. Yes,
0: and if you yes. have
1: either any Christian viewers on this, I say to them as I said to a Christian show in Australia and another one somewhere else. We have else,
0: Christian viewers, we have people they of all
1: faith First they come for the Saturday people.
0: Barry, do you think that this could have been prevented? This this merciless attack? Do you think it could have been prevented?
1: Um, no, because they were because this was arranged in the axis of evil between Iran, Hezbollah and Hamas. I think perhaps Hamas spelt a a moment of weakness with regard to our intelligence and struck. I think tactically, from their point of view, they were silly to do it, stupid to do it, but they did it. Um, And uh, I think what Iran would have preferred is they would have held back to a more opportune time where they could attack over three fronts at the same time. But they didn't.
0: I hear people talking about this. Maybe you can shed some light. Um, why did it take so long for help to arrive when victims were calling and waiting?
1: Because I think their intelligence was greater than ours at this moment of time. I think, for instance, that when they struck, it was the week after Yom Kippur, where we right. were on a Shabbat for Sukkot, for instance.
0: Right. And,
1: um, and, and I think they found that... Uh, some of the um, the forward intelligence um, uh, 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 bases and some of the military bases were not as highly manned as they thought they would be. And they didn't come over with like 50 or 100 terrorists. They came over with, believe it or not, at least 1,500. 1,500. Yeah. It was our fault and, our, and certainly he- heads are gonna fall once we go through this, but Israel is standing united. I want to tell you, uh, up to this attack, Israel was a divided nation because we had huge demonstrations against uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's government because of the judicial reform. They were splitting the country. They said they wouldn't serve in the reserves if called upon, you know, until uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is replaced or, or changes his policies or whatever. Hamas united this country like we've never seen before. We didn't get 100% uh, uh, response from the reserves being called up. We got a 300%. A lot of the ultra-Orthodox who don't serve in the army right. felt the need that they had to come in and serve. Yeah, The army received 300% response from the 100% that they got all the time. The spirit is, of this country is united and determined. Oh,
0: yeah. The it, unity the unity is, but that we're seeing is, is so beautiful and, 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 and unfortunate to have to see during such tragedy.
1: Everybody knows somebody.
0: Yes, yes, everybody knows somebody who's suffering um, uh, from this, this, I, I, this I don't horrible know. attack. The, the,
1: the government was very hesitant in order to put out some of the horrendous Photographs and videos. Um, and we somehow were it
0: somehow it surfaced and it's circulating.
1: Oh, oh, uh, but 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 quite and frankly, people are
0: having nightmares. People can't function after watching. You know, it they 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 recorded what they did. Hamas recorded what they did. They were proud of it. So here they're recording, and then it's denied. It never happened. How do you explain that?
1: Um. It's become a call, and really, some of the families have been in, demanding it. You know, it's really started off, but I, there was there was a massive—I don't know—ten thousand people march or, or celebration in New York, and some reporter stuck a microphone in somebody's face and said, "Haven't you seen the photographs of dead babies?" And he said, "There's no such photographs. There's no dead babies. What about the rape women? There were no rape women. Where? Show me the evidence." So the Israeli government decided to show some of the evidence and the people who were saying they can't be true said, oh, it's 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 one of the it's artificial intelligence put put out by the Jews in, in Tel Aviv. So even when you show them the evidence, they're still in denial. Right. And yes, you think, no. When you listen, when you Look, listen, to they deny
0: some people, the, the Jew haters deny the Holocaust also. They would say, there, you know, there was a war and people died. They won't talk about the 6 million innocent souls that were slaughtered. Why? Because they were Jewish. They did nothing wrong. And why did this happen? Why did this attack happen? Because they were Jews. And that's all they cared about. They were Jews. Got to kill them. That's that's the mentality. That's how they're brainwashed. You know, I've I've been reading that... the terrorists were were drugged before they went in and to, yep. to commit this 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 yep. unspeakable barbaric crime.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know, people compare it with the 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 Nazis. You know, the 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 film of uh, leading uh, men with their hands tied, throwing them in a pit and shooting them. Yeah one after the other. I think the pit that I saw had at least 30 men in. And then they had tires which they set fire to, burning the bodies. And still today, we have a remarkable volunteer group called Zaka, which are ultra-Orthodox people who gather remains of accident, in accidents or things. And right. they have been collecting bodies. And there are still, as of today, a about a hundred and fifty bodies. That so they're far still they they're still finding every day. They're finding bodies. Them. And
0: Zaka, Zaka has said they said that they've they've yeah. seen they've seen terror victims. They've seen horrible mur- victims of murder and attacks. But what they viewed, what they viewed, people who were clearly burnt alive, pregnant woman whose body. Oh my God! I can't even yeah. speak about what they did. What pregnant woman? Where they 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 cut open her stomach and. Oh, Took out the fetus. Yeah. It's horrible. The yeah. yeah, throwing grenades and in, 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 into people, the locking them in, not being able to get out. It, it's it.
1: Welcome, welcome to the. I can't,
0: box. I can't even express it, and I'm expressing it, and and I'm not expressing enough of what I viewed, and I'm so sorry that I viewed it. I know I had to view it because every Jew should view it, but it's also psychological warfare to view it. To, to, right. to view those images it's All psychological right. warfare because you can't unsee it there's no way to unsee it and it, other, it remains embedded in the memories of everyone there's there's First, there's no way people can be unaffected I'm, there's just no way there's no way any human being can be unaffected by what has happened
1: there are two or three points that i uh, want to make over there in the united states um Again, harking back to my book, I've got this one. I'm also Israel Reclaiming the Narrative. But I hark back to um, going back to Britain, uh, the time when Jeremy Corbyn was the um, uh, Labour leader, and he he led his party into the most outrageous party of anti-Semitism. And he did it because, again, what I call the Red-Green Alliance, because he was getting a lot of support for his left-wing Labour Party with the Islamists of Britain, causing this Red Guinness. And of course, this relied on on support for the Palestinians. Um, But it expressed itself in anti-Semitism from the top, from Corbyn himself, all the way through some of the members of parliament and also into the branch offices, to the extent... That some of the members of uh, the Labour Party in Britain, some had been loyal members of the Labour Party in Parliament of Britain for 34 years, and some, some of them were Christian, non jews right. They walked away. They handed in their card. They said, I can no longer serve my people here in Parliament with the leader of this in charge of the party. I would strongly urge everybody, whether you, I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican, you must, you must, have your Senate, your House, address this issue of your your own government there, where you have representatives there who are to, you want to support the Palestinian people? Fine, go ahead and do it. But when your support is supporting Hamas, is not condemning Hamas, not condemning the murder of one thousand five hundred Jews, but making snarky remarks, you are in fact aiding and abetting an internationally designated Islamic terror organization, and you should have no place in your Senate, in your Congress, but you should be arrested on supporting terrorism and put in prison. Anybody in America who was marching in that parade, cheering for Hamas, your intelligence people should do the same then as you did on January the 6th. And go and identify these people and mark them out as potential Islamic terrorists and also as potential killers of Jews in America in the future. And you should do it, put them on your terrorist list. If you are putting parents on domestic terrorist lists because they're angry the way that their daughters are being, uh, having to share uh, bathrooms or toilets with a chance a guy or yeah. somebody who sent them. This is far more serious than that. Of course. Take up the cause and be honest with yourself and your own people. Because if you don't do that, if some Jew gets killed in America, it's on your hands. You know, we had this in Australia. I was on an Australian program. I don't know what happened. You know what happened in Sydney? I don't know if you heard this. Mm -hmm. On the Sunday, the day after the Saturday... Some people on the left on the Red-Green Alliance had asked to ho- hold a uh, demonstration in Sydney outside the Opera House. There were tens of thousands of people up there. And they were chanting, believe it or not, F the Jews, gas okay. the Jews, Allah Akbar. Yeah. And they were protected by the Australian police because of free speech.
0: Unbelievable. You see,
1: free speech... In some democratic country, takes preference on people aiding and abetting and supporting Islamic terrorists. There was one guy there in Sydney who turned up with an Israeli flag. He was arrested by the police because he wanted to do a sole counter demonstration.
0: So he was arrested. So free speech did not apply to him.
1: When the Jewish community in Australia... Asked, or fact demanded the mayor S of Sydney why she'd allowed that. Her answer was I remain neutral. How do you remain neutral when people are demonstrating in your city saying gas the Jews?
0: Yeah.
1: The people who say gas the Jews will go out and kill the Jews because they have been inspired by Palestinian oh, terror. Yeah.
0: Yeah, though so all the that's what the, that's the danger of these demonstrations, is that is that it inspires would be killers.
1: I look, I, I I hate to say I'm a prophet, but this uh, I was right when I wrote Israel reclaiming the narrative. I was right seven or eight years ago when I wrote fighting Hamas, BDS, and anti-Semitism, and I'm right to now, and I'm warning through you, Bila, and you will recall this uh, this video. Then next time a Jew is not attacked but murdered, you will know who the attacker is. It won't be a Catholic. It won't be a Christian. It won't be a Jew. It will be one of these people that would pray, pray were either uh, uh, parading in New York celebrating Hamas or those supporting them who are coming off the campuses.
0: Yeah. Barry, what do you think about Biden's reaction in support of Israel?
1: I was hoping to support him, and he came over here. He said some very warm things. He was hugging, and embracing people. People were saying, okay, fine, we have a, a very supportive, most supportive uh, president of, uh, of, of the United States for, for Israel ever. But, you know, I judge Biden by his deeds and not by his words. And unfortunately... Okay. His words have have me and Israelis deeply worried. Give you a couple of examples. Israel had a very important military strategic mission. And by utterly destroying Hamas, we have to destroy their ability to make terror and make war. And to do that, we have to deprive them of their electricity, of their fuel, of everything to really put the chokehold on them. uh, and I want to tell you, the electricity is needed because their communication between the uh, command centers and the branches of is through the electricity system, the high electricity system. They need the, the, the fuel to, to, again, operate their missiles, to drive their vehicles and things like this. So this was part of a proper designed siege on Gaza in order to squeeze the enemy. We had told them Gaza to get out to certain places and head south where there are United Nations places, right? But we but somehow when he came over here, and I've yet to find out, I will find out how, suddenly we find out that Israel that Biden says he's giving Israel a hundred million dollars. He said Israel has to let these trucks come in from Egypt. The $100 million didn't come to Israel. They went to the United Nations facilities in Gaza, which is run by Hamas. So Hamas gets $100 million. The trucks that rolled in are full of supplies, fuel and everything, which will go to the United Nations uh, depots and which will be purloined also because they are manned by Hamas operatives. So we have now lost our strategic edge when we have to send our boys into Gaza because of Biden. And I'm waiting to find out what did we get for it? I don't see anything. Maybe it was the release of the hostage. Where was the Israeli negotiators? I would have understood if the negotiators had said to Biden or Biden had expected, you know what, we will allow those trucks in when you get Hamas to release all the hostages, American, Israeli, French, British, whoever they are, yeah,
0: everyone, I mean, as out, of now, they released two
1: they released two prisoners, yes. two hostages, both women, American,
0: yes,
1: American Jews, yes, but America, right, yes. what about the Israelis, what about the British? What about the rest, still there, are they still alive? Does anybody know what's yeah. the state of the girls and the women there? Anybody know
0: that's right. That's right.
1: What's the state understand. of the crying kids there? Were that gets on the nerves of the Hamas terrorists, especially if they're being kept underground. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they do the same there as they did on the Kibbutz. Who knows? This is a concern as well. Look, there's another thing that I, I, I want to tell you: the need to bring people. I, I. Gave I gave a proposal of a way to solve this without going to war, but unfortunately it wasn't taken. My suggestion was that the Qataris who host the Hamas, the real Hamas leaders, okay, in Qatar in luxury, that's where the real leaders are. What Qatar should do would have been made an agreement with Jordan and Egypt, with the United States, that they will give safe passage to the Hamas murderers. But first of all, they have to release the hostages and they will be given guaranteed free passage out of Gaza, guaranteed by the United Nations, and they will go to Qatar. This was my suggestion, right? So we don't get to kill the Hamas terrorists, but they're going to stay in Qatar. And one condition, if any of them leave Qatar and we find they are somewhere else, we can kill them. In other words, they stay there. And then that way, we don't need to go to war. We don't have to destroy more than Gaza than we need to. The aid can come in, and that what would happen, our, all the hostages that wanted her alive would come out and come home. And then we can help, together with Saudi Arabia, who, we're, who seem to be waking to make an Abram Accord with us, With the other Arab, United Arab Emirates, with the United States, with some of the Europeans, if they want, to reconstruct Gaza and turn it into the potential it could be, which is the Monte Carlo of the Middle East, free of Islamic control, free of Palestinian terror control. And I would not bring in the Palestinian Authority. I will bring in a man who used to be a member of Fatah, used to be in the Palestinian Authority, but left them to go and live in United Arab Emirates where he became a billionaire. His name is Mohammed Dahlan, who is not a terrorist, who is a pragmatist billionaire, and have him appoint him as the administrator of the reconstruction of the new Gaza. No weapons, no terrorists. Any Arab Palestinians who want to live there will live there. There should be, hopefully, jobs and reconstructed and make it a prosperous little island on the Mediterranean. Yeah. That would be my pa- a paradise on the Mediterranean. That would have been my solution. Now, I don't know how much Qatar isn't been involved. I understand they're in close contact with the Hamas, of course. That mm-hmm. led to two of them being But it doesn't look to me as if this is going to take place. That would have been a solution, that would have solved the hostage situation, solved the problem with the Hamas terrorists, and not give it back to the Palestinian Authority. Quite frankly, they don't They've made an utter mess of what they've got in what they call the Gaza Strip, the illegally occupied Palestine. Let them sort out first. But let's set, instead of a two state solution, a three state solution. What the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, is this anti Semite, Holocaust denying, Jew hater. The rules from Ramallah, Israel, on the other hand, which would cooperate with the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia and whoever to reconstitute a new Gaza, on the other hand. So let's forget about the two state solution and perhaps consider a three state solution. It would be a disaster for us to drive out Hamas. And put a weak, ineffective, corrupt Palestinian authority, which, by the way, as I mentioned at the beginning, is made up of two terrorist organizations, the Palestine Liberation Organization, the PLO, and Fatah, which was out Mahmoud Abbas's terror organization. Mm-hmm. So let him sort out what's going on in the cities that he controlled, like uh, Janine and Nablus and Dhul By the way, there was, a, a again... To prove this point, I'm sorry to come to come around circles with you, Bila, but coming back to this point I made about Palestine is Hamas and ha- Hamas and Palestine how do I, how do I prove it today in modern terms? Well, first of all, let's go back to uh, 2001 what is it six the first and last time the Palestinians held a national election. Do you know who won? Hamas yes, yeah. since then they haven't held a national election. But what's happened since? Let me tell you what happened in the territory controlled by Mahmoud Abbas and the Palestinian authorities. There was a survey made a month and a half ago. You can find it online by a Palestinian research and survey uh, NGO, in which they had a, asked their Palestinians if there was an election today, would you vote for the Palestinian Authority or Hamas? Baylor. 56% said Hamas. Yeah, That's a majority. In, Ham, in Gaza, that number is greater. So when people tell you, well, these are, don't support Hamas, you say to them, oh, yes, they do. And their figures and their statistics and their survey prove it. Yeah. And the final point I have was two months ago, the students at what's called the Birzeit University had elections for political parties to to be the ruling student body of the Birzeit University. Guess what? Hamas won. Where's Birzeit University? No, it's not in the Gaza Slip. Do you know where it is? It's five miles north of Ramallah, the headquarters of the Palestinian Authority. And the students, this is the next generation of
0: the Palestinians. Well, listen, the the students, there's, there's so many... Pro pro Palestinian pro Hamas protests going on
1: the right student, now,
0: and in, in all the, the universities and the Ivy League schools, it, it's mind-boggling. The the
1: students of Birzeit University will be adopted by Harvard and all your universities over there because they feel that they represent them. So don't so if you say in the future that the students of certain of your higher campuses who who are supporting Hamas and the poor Palestinians, they were twin, probably, with the Birzeit University. And you know they're twinning with a Hamas-controlled student body north of the Palestinian Authority, which opposes Hamas, they tell us. So my message is, is quite frankly, comes down to this. Whatever you hear on your media and everything... Hamas is Palestine, and Palestine is Hamas. Yes. Now, I'd I'd, like—I want, with your permission—I want to go off this and talk about your media. Sure. Because your media, apart from Fox News, is utterly shameful. Not just yours, but also in Britain. I have a complaint going on where I have a, a body of lawyers really bringing a case against Sky News. I thought the BBC was bad, but Sky News was awful. They had some presenter there interviewing an Israeli diplomat, Mark Regev. At the, at the, and while they were doing it, there was news coming in about some accident or some explosion at a hospital. And she was ranting and raving against this Israeli. Israeli Why have you bombed a hospital? Yeah. Well, They're telling us 100 dead. And George hamas did it
0: themselves.
1: Dead, and 400 dead. And how can you expose it? And and, and it, it it ended up with Mark Greger saying to him, perhaps we should wait until the evidence comes in. Yeah. That's so what of happened. Course. And do you know what she ended up saying? <clears throat> the height of professional German neutral uh, journalism. Not interesting. When Sky News, the BBC, CNN prefer to give you Hamas inflated death and say, when we respond, Perhaps you should wait for the evidence, and they say not interested. Not interested in the evidence? They're not interested in the evidence. They, the evidence. they, want,
0: to, they want to prove that Israel is in the wrong, and then and, and and Hamas is in the right. That's what they want to do. Which leads me to this question.
1: On on this, I I switched over to Sky actually because we were getting information on Israeli television that something had happened, and also the experts in the studio were saying, "Well, this doesn't look like... Right. An explosion that we put up, It's and it's not in the hospital. It's in some open space near the hospital, and the, and the other experts were saying, well, looking at it. If there's, if there's like three hundred dead, for how come? Why? How come there's no ambulances? They they, they saw the entrance. It was one ambulance there and a crowd of people, and yet it didn't make sense. And then they the Israeli defense were giving out the information via the Israeli media. That this was apparently some rocket that either had been launched from there, or had and exploded, or had short fell fallen into this this place, this yard. So that's when I switched over to Sky and heard this this Anna Botting, really being a Hamas spokeswoman, really representing Hamas to all the viewers who watch Sky News. And this happens, I think, also in, in CNN and some of the the, the media over there. I, I have, I, and I made, first of all, I've, I've done something with regard to Sky News, but I also part of it was, if you want to do honest reporting, and, and this applies through you to your media over there, and I want your listeners or viewers to do this, I want you to go to CNN, NBC or whatever and say, if you really want out the truth and you really want to find out what's happening in Palestinian hospitals, please demand that you get taken by the Palestine Ministry of Health to the Shifa Hospital in Gaza City. The Shifa Hospital, Gaza City, to see what's going on there. A, I don't believe they'll allow you in, but if they do, then you say, okay, now take us down to the basement. Mm. Why the basement? Yep. They're not there to so they see beds of poor patients being protected from Israeli war pains. You will find the Hamas Operative Headquarters. That's
0: it. That's, it. That's what's there.
1: Will, you will find the leaders of Hamas that we want to get to, living there. Yeah. And that's an international war crime. Why isn't your media doing that? Why isn't your media doing that? If your media, by the way, the Hamas operatives left in Gaza, I want to tell you something. Their families secretly went out of Gaza three, four or five days before they started the war. Most of them are in Qatar. The families of the top operators who are in Gaza right now. So they got their families out. This is mm-hmm. how much they care. But the other question I want the, your media should do, the ones who are on the ground in Gaza, is demand that they get taken to interview the hostages.
0: Yeah. Yep. Have you ever heard
1: CNN NBC say that this must be done?
0: No. no. Whose side are they on? Why would they say it if it's all being denied? Whose side are they on? We know the answer. We know the and answer. this isn't
1: neutral. This isn't neutral. If they care about the American hostages, why aren't they demanding, the CNN and the uh, NBC and all the rest of the New York Times, demand to go to interview the American hostages because they won't do it because they're protecting Hamas That's in their right. coverage.
0: The facts Shame speak for them. themselves.
1: Shame on them.
0: I agree. So, this leads me to the final question of the show today. The fear in everyone's mind is that the world might be headed into a World War III. Oh, what do you think about that?
1: I think it, if, if this war escalates, it should be World War III, but I don't believe anybody is going to come in to help Israel. <clears throat> I know that Biden has part a couple of aircraft carriers off the coast of Lebanon. I really believe it's for show. I thought that he had special they, the heart. I knew there was spe- I can say this now, right? But I couldn't say it up till recently. Uh, I knew there were special forces over here that were training with Israeli special forces. I thought that they were going to go in with the Israelis to try and get the hostages out. But Biden said you will not, when he met Mahmoud Abbas, of all people, you won't see American boots on the ground. So I don't know, maybe the giving of the Israelis uh, Special Forces some advice or whatever. But as for World War Three, the fear is that we're trying to control what's happening in Lebanon right now. I did an interview this morning by somebody from Lebanon who's living in Israel and... Um, I can tell you there are mass troops in in Lebanon, not just Hezbollah. Also, I understand Iraqi troops. Mm -hmm. The terrain in there is far different from in Gaza or even over on the Syrian side. Um, But the thing is, they are armed with 150, 160 powerful missile, far more powerful than Hamas have, far more impactful, far more precise we cannot allow them to start unleashing a barrage of 100, 200 rockets a day, which from Lebanon can certainly strike uh, Tel Aviv, will absolutely strike Netanya. Certainly closer to them would be Haifa. That would be one of their major targets, uh, which could be totally devastating. And to prevent this, Israel will have to unleash Something against uh Lebanon that we haven't even done to the extent in Gaza. Uh, because we have to hit where these uh these weapons are yeah. hidden yeah. or stored, and that will totally destroy major parts of Lebanon. We don't want to do it. We've warned them not to do it, but they don't have a, a proper government in Lebanon. Lebanon, like Gaza, is operated by a radical islamic terror organization hezbollah aided and abetted by iran that when israel warned that don't let lebanon descend into this the world didn't do anything about it not the arab states not the united states not the united nations not the europeans the fact that it is in this place with israel was pleading through diplomatic means: do not allow this to happen because this is going to explode. They didn't do anything about it. When we spoke in the past, when we went into, in, into Gaza in the past about Hamas, and we said, do something about Gaza directly or through the Palestinian authority mm-hmm. to derude them of Hamas. Because if not, something's gonna happen in the future, and we're gonna mm-hmm. have to do it. That day has come. But in but the other thing is that what we're seeing in, in Lebanon is very concerning. This could explode at any time. My feeling is that perhaps they're waiting for Iran to give them a green light, waiting until our boys go into Gaza and then think we don't have the troops on the ground to do both Gaza and and Lebanon. And then if Lebanon gets involved, there is a danger of our eastern front with Syria. Because over our eastern front in Syria, you also have uh, Hezbollah and other missile, Islamic militia groups. Some of those, by the way, have been fighting and targeting America in Syria, by the way, who support Assad. But they could be ranged down from, uh, from Syria, down the Golan Heights, and attack and invade Israel that way as well. And you have to remember, talking strategically and military, then a lot of the Hezbollah fighters in uh, Syria are really battle hardened. They've been there for years. They're using the weapons that have been flown in by Iran, even more sophisticated than some of those even in Lebanon. Never mind Gaza, uh, and they've been battle trained because they have been fighting against the with the Syrian army and others militia fighting against the militia was against Assad, who are protected by the Americans. So. We could be facing a three-ponged war going on over here. This is why I have my Masada hat. Masada will not fall again, never again.
0: Amen. Barry, thank you for joining us today.
1: May justice prevail. Let me me just finish with this. I'm sorry, Bila, but, you know, yes, we need your prayers. But we need your active advice, your your active help. Yes. You have, mustn't just pray for Israel, don't just put on selfies. You have to get engaged in our fight. And that is addressing your politicians, your Biden administration, your media, and defend Israel that way. Fight for Israel that way. Go to my face, uh my Facebook pages, my Telegram pages, other people's target, contact me. Let me give you the information. Let me give you the ammunition to fight for Israel. Not the military war, but the verbal one.
0: Because How we can have to people get in touch with you? Well? How can people reach out to you? People can find I me know how Facebook. I can reach out to you, but how can everyone else? <laughs> uh,
1: borrow the stuff you see on uh, Facebook. I give updates what's going on all the time. Pass it on. Create your own network. Reach out to other people. Get them to share the stuff. Because, quite frankly, we need a network to defeat a network. Um, contact your politicians, contact your contact people, uh, Congress people. Get them to throw out and sanction the people in there who are supporting Hamas. There are lots of things you can do. Confront your media. Tell them to go to the Shifa hospital. Tell them to demand to go visit the, uh, the hostages. Do these sorts of things. Put the pressure on them. This is the way you can help Israel. This is the way you can help our hostages. You can't help our boys in battle, but you can actually get engaged in the battle in another way. We need you now more than ever.
0: Yes. Yes, I agree. And something will have to be done because action is needed. Words are just not enough. Action is what's needed. You're correct. Thank you, Barry. Thank you to our audience for tuning in. And shalom.
1: I right, Shalom. Hey, wish us all the best. And um, we have to win this fight. Never again.
0: Yes. Never again. We have to win this fight. And the fight will be won.
1: Thanks for listening to The Definitive Rap with your host, Bela Seabrow. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can catch The Definitive Rap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Rap